welcome to How to Survive Your Life. I'm your host, Molly Merwin, and I'm joined, as always, by Daisy Earl and Kaylee Cassidy. Using inspiration from the news, this podcast tells you how to survive everything. Thanks for joining us for our second How to Survive Your Life podcast. So exciting. So if you're just tuning in for the first time or the second time and you're like, what has my friend recommended to me? What is this podcast? Well, we are all trying to survive in this thing called life. That is where we, Daisy, Kaylee, and myself come in. Each week, we take a topic inspired by the news, discuss it, and give you top tips how to survive that topic. Think of us as the agony ants you never knew you needed or wanted, but now you have. You're welcome. Daisy, Kaylee, how are you both? Hello. Kaylee, I'll start with you. Hi. Okay, I'm good. Um, I have been finding um, all the messaging and the WhatsApp groups quite difficult, I'll be honest with you. I've never been a great texter, never been very good at like online communication. I just prefer real life interaction. And obviously I've had to sort of address that a little bit in this time. But also just paranoia, because like if you message someone and then they see it and then they don't reply and you're like, oh, you know, there's just so much time to be like, did I do something wrong? And so did they misunderstand me? you know, you can yeah. turn off red receipts on WhatsApp. I don't have them on WhatsApp. I never have. And often like if, I, if someone messages me, they're like, what, have you always been like a blue tick kind of girl? Because, yeah, I don't have that because I don't think it's right to invade someone's privacy and see what time they were last online. And especially if I can't sleep, I'll often just go on my phone. And then people will say like, oh, you've been up at five o'clock in the morning. So that's my privacy. And I don't allow that. So I don't actually have that anyway. But you can see that it double ticks it doesn't it or something yeah it just looks like neither nobody's read it or like yeah it just looks like nobody's read it or you see that you message them when they're online and then they go offline straight away and you're like ah so no but I just think that um I guess this quarantine's been a real test because I am solo isolating and I've had to do all my communications online and I just realized that I actually need a day off sometimes and like I need a day off because there's so many funny videos and memes but like I just you just can't keep on top of it no. it's a full-time job really isn't it my family on my side I have two nieces and a nephew and we will wake up to our family whatsapp group and there's literally I woke up as 104 messages with photos so many I'm like I I can't and Alex my husband has started he'll just like he misses other messages from other people because he sees that and he's like I can't I just can't right now even though mm. he loves them but it's just like overwhelming the, the, uh. and the other annoying thing is like my phone is more dyslexic than I am and I'm quite <laughs> dyslexic so the other day I was writing a message like Hey, how are you? And it changed it to like, hey, are you a poo? And I was like, that's not, <laughs> that's not what I was saying, phone. So I'm having a battle with my phone where I'm just exhausted from, it's like I'm homeschooling my phone. Like, yes. you say the right thing. And the other day, I went to send my mum a message saying, I'm just sitting on the wall getting some sun. Um, love you. Who did I send it to, guys? My boss. Your ex-boyfriend. No, 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 my boss. <laughs> so my boss got a message from my dyslexic phone saying like, hey, and it was completely spelt wrong as well. I'm just sat on a wall in Dastani times. Um, love you. And then she replied going, oh yes, that sounds nice. I need to get a bit more sun. <laughs> <laughs> 
Daisy, how are you doing? How are you surviving? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. I um, was tasked yesterday by my cousin to write a story for my little cousin. So because I'm adorable, when one <laughs> of my humble. cousins, and humble, but adorable, um, and I could back this up, um, when one of my cousin's children was really little she was really into fairies and I used to write her fairy stories so I do it like really tiny writing just silly fairy stories but now her little brother he's afraid of the tooth fairy and he has a wobbly tooth that needs to come out but he doesn't want it to come out because he's afraid of the tooth fairy so she wanted me to write him a story from the fairy story from the tooth fairy about why I needed his teeth as a tooth fairy. And it's something I'd never thought about before, but it's actually incredibly creepy when you think about it. Like, cause I thought, oh, maybe they use the teeth to make fairy houses. And then I thought fairy houses made out of children's teeth is the creepiest image I could put in a five-year-old's mind. So I'm I'm still wrapping my brain trying to come up with a, a justifiable reason that a fairy wants to steal your teeth. And I'm kind of on his side. I think he has a fair <laughs> point. It's a bit weird when you think about it. It is weird. It's super yeah. weird, actually. I think maybe, maybe they recycle them, don't they? That's a nice idea. But maybe that's they use the babe. They have to take out the baby teeth because they use that as a seed for your new teeth. That's a lovely idea. I that I may go with that. That's it's certainly the least creepy. Then one the problem is going to be how do they put the seed in my like in your mouth? mouth. So yeah. they're creeping into your mouth to put the seed in, so it's still creepy. Mm. Well, I I tried to say to my husband maybe it was like they use the teeth for like laughter in fairyland and then he was like so they need to like steal <laughs> children's smiles <laughs> so yeah it's not a but it's like I had a friend who was afraid of Santa Claus and she said when she was about five I don't want an old man to come into my room at night and leave me a present and I'm like that's fair when you think that about fair. it that's so fair <laughs> Yeah, when I was little, my mum would put coal on my nose and my face to say that Santa had given us a kiss. Wow. Like me and my brother <laughs> and sister. Really That's so it's creepy. creepy but it's sweet. It's cute, but- <laughs> Like we were like, yay, Santa kissed us, and then at school afterwards in January, you'd be like, did uh, Santa kiss you? Because uh, we had cold on our face. But also, she's encouraging old men kissing young children in their sleep, nonetheless. In their sleep. Yeah. But yes, it's yeah. very sweet. So, ladies, today we are talking about homeschooling. A lot of people are, a lot of parents are having to deal with something they've never had to deal with, homeschooling. What are your thoughts? Have you, like, what are your general thoughts about homeschooling? I'm excited about this topic because all of us have no children. So we are wildly unqualified for this topic, (laughs) which makes it more fun. And I was thinking of, like, if this happened when I was younger and how um, I would feel. And I was thinking like, oh my goodness, like bullying happened at home for me, not at school. (laughs) It's it's true, it's true. So my sister would call me like all the names. She was real big, horrible presence. And um, so going to school was like my favorite thing because I could play and I could be away from her. And even though we were in the same school, in the smallest school in Torquay, we ma- I managed to avoid her at school. The funny thing is she used to call me fat quite a lot because I was quite a big kid. And then she got fatter than me and she still kept calling me fat. 
And I just had to say to her once when she was calling me it, I was like, oh, you do know that you're bigger than me now, right? <laughs> and she was like, shut up, big nose. And then it all went to my nose and ski jump nose. But she did stop that slur after that. But yeah. Such a burn. Daisy, what about you? What, do you? what are your general thoughts on homeschooling? Like Katie said, I don't have any children. But that doesn't mean I don't have opinions on how to teach children. Because I find the whole not having children thing quite strange. Because like I'm 32 and I'm married and we kind of like children, but we're just not in a place yet that we can have them. And what I find weird yeah. is how people will directly tell you when you're married in your 30s, like they basically ask you where your children are as if you've forgotten, like you're such a bad mum, you just forgot to give birth. Do you know what I mean? And they go, yes. oh, when, when do you want to have children? And especially people that have children, I like to diffuse that by giving an a dishonest answer, but one that really knocks them off their game by just going between you and I, I hate children and then sort of <laughs> children as you say it and I because you would never do it the other way around I'd never say to someone with no. children do you regret having children do you ever wish you just were childless you know now you've seen them absolutely oh my god so I so same thing married in my 30s no children and it it surprises me how comfortable people are be like oh so when you're having children or why don't you have children when Hey, that's so personal. Like what if somebody can't physically have children, yeah. you know, and what's wrong? Maybe they have decided, you know what? I don't want to have children for various reasons, which are all valid. I don't want to put somebody else with mental health out there with my, through my, my, my offspring. <laughs> also, there is this, there's this scene from uh, House of Cards. Did you guys ever watch House of Cards? No. So there's this scene, you know, Claire and uh, Frank Underwood, they're now like president and, and first lady and they don't have children and his like rival in this campaign, they have children and the rival wife asks the first lady, oh, so do you guys ever regret not having children? And she looked at her straight and she's like, do you ever regret having children? Yeah. yeah. And I'm, just, I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with having children, but there's also nothing wrong with not having children. Exactly. I'm super excited about this topic as well because I was homeschooled for, I was homeschooled for about a year and a half, two years. My brothers were homeschooled. My brothers are six and four years older than me. So they were homeschooled like five and six years, much longer than I was. But I really liked homeschooling. My mother, my parents decided to just because where we were living at the time where I was born, it didn't have, wasn't my, my brother was in like first grade and not even reading and also like he came home with chicken pox one time and so my mom's like no and so mm. we so they decided to homeschool us and then um, so they, they homeschooled you because of chicken pox doesn't everyone get chip, chip, everyone chicken everyone gets po chicken pox but uh, fair fair point fair <laughs> point but her whole thing was also because my brother wasn't reading in first grade which for you guys I think that's year two because we have kindergarten. He would have been like seven, I think. And was it because he didn't want to read or the teacher wouldn't no, let him? No, they weren't teaching. No, they weren't oh. teaching him. And yeah, mom, you've got to take education into your own hands then, haven't you? Yeah. And so uh, so my mom had been, my mom is actually a retired teacher now, but she had been teaching at that point only like a year. Sorry, was your mom the teacher of him in the class? No. No. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, she was. Yeah. She had she to reassess things. Him, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. She taught a different school. But anyway, so yeah, she took us out. Uh, she took my brother out. And then when my 
middle brother started, you know, of, a, of age, she started teaching him. And, and then we moved to a better school system and we went to public school. And I think also my, I think my brothers were a little overwhelming for my mom. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I'm really excited about this topic. I'm also have been enjoying seeing in the news, all these celebrities homeschooling. Some celebrities have like set up homeschool, take an entire room of their house and like, oh, here's the new school in our house. And I'm like, not everybody can do that. Um, I also like Chandra Rhymes had this tweet that said, um, it said, yeah, after eight hours of homeschooling my child, teachers should make a billion a year or an hour. There's a lot of quotes. There are a lot of yeah. people saying that, isn't there? There yeah. are people... It's like it takes a pandemic for people to appreciate what teachers do. Yes, finally. But it's interesting because with this, like, it just proves that some celebrities just want to be looked at no matter what because oh, yeah. um, because they're now going like, oh, we can monetize teaching kids. So now let's go and teach. But normally people are like, I'm not working with children. They're annoying. Yeah. But now it's like, now they can be on the other side of the screen. It's like, Yes, let's work with kids. <laughs> yes. Well, not all they have, they're like home ec classes, like cooking classes, PE, like, which, which is great. More power to you. But I'm also like, where were you six months ago doing this? Okay. So on that note, let's get to the main event. So for those listening for the first time, or if you're coming back, just to remind you, you may be asking, okay, so I hear something about top tips. What is that about? How are they going to decide this? Who are they to decide what the top tips of how to survive homeschooling? Well, we do it through a bit of friendly competition. Each week, Daisy and Kaylee are going to each bring three top tips of survival in this case, homeschooling. Not only are they trying to help you because, you know, they care that much, but selfishly, they are trying to become the survivalist of the week. And they do this not only through their top tips, but also rebuttals of the other person's top tips. But you may be asking, how are we going to decide who's giving the best tip? Is the audience, is it through democracy and voting? No, it's through judgment, my judgment. Each week, I'm going to judge who gives the best tips or has given the best rebuttal. You know, just to remind everyone from last week, we had Daisy is the returning champion, the returning survivalist of the week. And Kaylee has got to come up from behind. <laughs> All right, mate. I will be coming up from behind. You wait for me. Came out a little. I, Not how I wanted it. But to. I don't want Kaylee to win just because it's like, you know, one wins one week, one wins the next. If she's going to lose, Molly, I think you just got to let her lose because. Okay. I got a lot Daisy, of Daisy, once again. <laughs> he loves to boss you around yeah just to remind you daisy uh i'm the judge and right. i will determine who and how they win okay you're getting pretty close to a negative point there you, quite, you have got so power hungry mervin <laughs> yes yes i have mm -hmm. I was, yeah, I was the youngest of three, so I didn't get a lot of power in my house. So now. But I was the oldest of three and I didn't get a lot of power in my <laughs> house. So. Okay, ladies, on that note, I'm going to let returning champion Daisy go first. I think that's fair. Feels and fair. Daisy, I'm putting five minutes on the clock okay. to convince me and tell me what your first top tip for surviving homeschooling is okay well my top tip for surviving homeschool is inspired by a lady who is a shepherdess that's a real life job still <laughs> she's from yorkshire her name is amanda owen 
And she has been hailed as having the biggest homeschool um, and the biggest vagina because she has <laughs> nine children. No, she doesn't. I made that last part up. It was incredibly childish to say she had a big <laughs> But she does have nine children and one could assume. Anyway, what I like about her is that she said, and this is a quote directly from Amanda herself. When someone asked how she was coping teaching nine children, she said, the kids are having ad hoc lessons as we go through the day. They're learning biology every time we're out lambing. They're having PE classes when I send them out to chase sheep. And they're getting some history tuition when I tell them how things used to be and how they should be. And also, I love the end of that being how they should be because it's such a mum thing to say. Like, my mum has so many opinions my lord if that was the what we were being taught on she's like what a professor anyway (laughs) so what I love about this is that it's weirdly middle class like oh yes we're learning biology when we're out lambing because I think most people like live in a flat or a house that's not how they can learn but I like the attitude of it because it's at heart quite lazy because what she's really said there and I can translate is I'm going to go about my general day running a farm. I'm going to get the children to help in some way. And then I'm just going to put subjects onto whatever we're doing. And I think everyone could do that because I think it's an immense amount of pressure on parents at this very unusual time to be teaching their children at home. Mm. Um, And most people, like I said, she has a 2000 acre farm that is not normal and but then no one's living in a normal time so I feel like okay you could teach your child like playing with the dog that's biology you could study his <laughs> behavior when you do baking you could say that's chemistry how the you know cake rises or whatever weekly shop that's maths um and I just think that teachers are incredibly skilled people and I'm glad that people are beginning to actually take teachers more seriously and I do think teachers should be paid more because I think it's a really difficult job yes but I think that yeah if you're at home and you're stuck with the kids and it's really difficult just make things up like doing TikToks 100% could be um I don't know like media studies mind you controversial opinion here and probably an unpopular opinion but I see a lot of children on TikTok and social media generally and I think especially very young children I'm not sure how I feel about them being on social media and this is a separate point to my original point which is making up their lessons but it just made me think of it that I think that kids I don't think that I think when they're super young they're too young to consent and I think it's weird the idea that people will now of this new generation get to 18 and their whole life will be tracked. So yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. But in general, I do think teach your children at home, make it up a bit, take the pressure off yourself. Because I miss school, like when I was young, I remember like if you were ill or something. And I remember when I was in hospital because I had croup when I was seven, they had a teacher at the hospital and I was in hospital for five days. And I remember her coming around to teach us, like to teach all the children in the hospital. And I remember at age seven being really irritated by this woman thinking, I am in hospital, go away. Like, I'm not going to miss that much by not being uh, in school right now. And she had those tens and unit counters for maths. And I, in protest, made mine into a bridge that was nothing to do with what we were doing. (laughs) So, yeah, that's my tip is basically take off the pressure of your homeschooling, 
makeup lessons, whatever you wanted to do anyway, go, go out for a walk and call it a nature trail. Say that's, you know, biology, just, yeah, those are my, that's my first tip. Nice. And 25 seconds under time. Well done. Kaylee, you have three minutes to rebut that top tip. Sure. So making things up, I think parents, we can give them a little bit more credit than that. So there's this story of this shepherd who had nine children and he's from Devonshire and um, apparently he's got the biggest homeschool and the biggest penis in the land. <laughs> and what he what he says is that he um, he was making things up for quite a long time with his kids, but he realized they they didn't have any intelligence. So they were walking into walls, getting big concussions. They were like falling down rabbit holes. They were, they were really causing a lot of embarrassment. They were tying their shoelaces together. They didn't know how to do anything because their father was just making things up. So what, so what he ended up doing was sitting down and going, I can't really call a walk biology anymore because my children are very injured. Like poor Timmy, one of his kids was called Timmy, lost his arm which is really sad. And he tried to make that like, let's do role play, you be the doctor. But the kids were like, dad, we're not doctors, we're five. Like, you've got to stop this. <laughs> so what happened was he decided that he would ask for some help. He went online, he went on the computer and he found a lesson plan. And this lesson plan just said how to teach somebody how to do their times table. And he sat down at a table with all of his children. It was a massive big table. And he did the times tables with him, with the children and they really had a good time and they felt like more connected as a family. And um, it was the first day when he did that lesson that he planned that nobody had an accident. So wow. I would recommend sometimes it's necessary to plan because then your children won't lose their arms. Can, can I just give a slight rebuttal to the rebuttal? Is that allowed? You know Church? what? I, I will give you 25 seconds since you had 25 seconds left. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kaylee, Personally, I don't think it's fair. Kaylee's anyway. rebuttal is that you shouldn't make things up, but she made up an entire person and their whole story for the rebuttal. So she's just proved the power of making things up. So if she gets the point, it's because she made things up so well. And I said that you should make things up. Can I um, have a rebuttal to the <laughs> no, rebuttal? That's, that's it, ladies. But, sorry. But I'm going to make it up. It's a true story. That's not a okay? true story. What's his name? Okay. I'm... Okay. Okay. Ladies, decorum. Daniel decorum Fortune. in this court. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Daisy, for your top tip and Kaylee, your rebuttal. And that is a She's scared, Molly. She's so scared she's going to lose her title. <laughs> We'll see. We'll yeah, see. Buddy. And that's a new rule I'm going to introduce. If you, on your top tip argument, if you go under the five minutes, whatever is left, you have that time to rebuttal the rebuttal. However, the rebuttal person cannot. Does that make sense? Yeah. So Kaylee, yeah. if you end up with a minute left and you want to rebuttal Daisy's rebuttal, you, you have that option. Fair? Okay. Okay. I get it. I get it. Yep. 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 Kaylee, it is now your first top tip. So my first top tip is learning doesn't have to be structured or academic. Potentially, every day could be an inset day for parents. It's up to them, right? They are in control. I think sometimes society uses these unprecedented moments, like now what we're in, to higher our expectations of each other and ourselves. 
like Christmas, you know, Christmas isn't supposed to be so like stressful, but it becomes stressful because everybody hires the expectations. So you just have like in the lead up to Christmas, hundreds of flustered faces, millions of exclamations of stress and a really big rise in heart attacks because expectations are higher than what we are usually because we want it to be amazing, we want it to be great, but it's a lot of stress on our mental health to get that. And it doesn't actually have to be like that. So I was liking it to homeschooling in that way. So if school is gearing young ones up for the real world, then the real lessons are in real life. So washing your hands with your toddler, that's counting, right? To 20. So there you go, you've got a maths lesson. We've got writing a letter to the NHS, thanking them for their service is writing, so then it's English. Making baking soda with vinegar and shaking it up, it's fun, it's an experiment, and it's science. (laughs) Designing your own detention slip for your own detention is craft. There you go, you've got an art class. So there was a teacher called Mr. Hodder, okay? He's a bit of a role model. He went viral for a long time, and he said... Well, he basically reinforced reasonable expectations that parents should have on themselves. And he said, don't make your home into a classroom. I think it's great advice because we don't know what people's homes are like. Everyone's got different homes. And so it's really hard to enforce that rule on parents. He's obviously been fired now. (laughs) Jokes, jokes. But it's good advice. And Yes, not everyone has sufficient resources. I mean, globes, maps, books, you know, not everyone has an abacus or, you know, everyone has different circumstances. And some people might not even have the internet to stream celebrities. So I'm going to read some tweets out now from parents and carers that were experiencing homeschooling. And because I think humor helps. So we've got, um, I told my kids we were starting homeschooling at 9am. They are all in their bedrooms with their doors locked. Hashtag winning. (laughs) Um, we've got Daddy Taco said, what a crazy world. My five-year-old just asked me to stop being crazy and loud because she has a call with her class at 10. <laughs> Another dad said, if you see my children standing outside, mind your own business. We're having a fire drill. I love that one. <laughs> I saw that one. I like that one too. It's good, isn't it? And then Mummy Linda said, how do I get a kid transferred out of my class? <laughs> classic. Classic. Father Joe Hehan said, I'm I'm homeschooling my kids. It's tough, especially having to take their lunch money off them and throwing their school bags over the head. But we're getting there. (laughs) So, but the tweets do get worse. They get more um, abusive about the kids. And there's a lot of heavy drinking references, which comes back to my original tip. Lower your expectations of yourself so you don't get driven to these crazy things that the tweets are obviously funny but they sort of illuminate a little truth in that so you don't have to do too much parents and carers what you're doing is already enough and potentially parents are taking on the role of head teacher deputy teacher teacher dinner lady cleaner why were dinner ladies always ladies anyway that's a different story just share the burden parents and carers give out roles every day I loved playing teacher when I was little Can your children teach each other? I don't know. Chaos is okay. Make the lesson, the cleaning up. You know, that's part of the lesson. Count to 30. Write the shopping list. Like maybe your kid doesn't know how to write. Try help them writing the shopping list. And maybe just do a jigsaw puzzle or do some scribbling. At the end of quarantine, we should all be loving each other more, not less. Thank you. I love that I said thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I like that. You're welcome. And you also have uh, 39 seconds left if you want to rebuttal the rebuttal, just so you know. 
also, I will tell you, you are right. No, not everyone has an abacus because it's not 1819. That's very funny, Molly. But some people, I, I, I used to be a TA and we used abacuses. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because children with SEND difficulties, they need to see it and move the number across. Oh, well, now so, I'm yeah. an asshole once again. Um, <laughs> you know what? It was such a good point, though, and it was really funny. But you didn't give it enough sass. You put a question mark at the end. You know, I think you got to sass her more because I thought the same I love thing. That. You just got a little lesson in comedy there from Daisy. A, I like the sucking up Daisy. B. Yeah, Kaylee. No one has a abacus anymore because it's not eighteen nineteen. Boom! That was way better. Yeah. Boom! Mic drop. Mic drop. Okay, Daisy, it is your turn. Also, fun fact, I can tell you that people that do homeschool do share the burden because my mother would have my brothers teach me things sometimes, like how to write a check. No one actually writes checks anymore, but anyway. That's funny. Because it's not 1827, right? No one writes checks anymore. (laughs) Oh, okay. Daisy, three minutes on the clock. Go for rebuttal. Okay, so I noticed that Kaylee's argument was kind of similar to mine. And and don't worry about that, Kaylee. It's very difficult to have original thoughts. So um, (laughs) what I would say is that I think where we differ is that Kaylee, other than, and I'm just completely overlooking the whole, you know, parents just being horrible, irresponsible alcoholics, you know, fine some parents are terrible Kaylee let's all applaud that but that aside I think one of the things with Kaylee's argument that I didn't agree with is this idea to lower your expectations because I think that school should prepare people for the real world and if everyone was allowed to just lower their expectations in that way and people let people away with that the world wouldn't be a very good place imagine if you went to a doctor and we had all lowered our expectations. He said, oh, I'm so sorry. I meant to amputate your left leg. I've amputated your right arm. And you went, oh, you silly sausage. I didn't expect anything better. And he went, I didn't expect anything better from myself. I should have just read the note. But my mum said, hey, just lower your expectations. If you had a, a food preparation person who thought oh does it matter it's in date out of date and then they just hand you maggots and you go do you know what I didn't expect any more from you dentist goes and just rips out all your teeth and he goes oh I forgot I wasn't playing hungry crocodiles my bad but I really had no higher expectation I think we should keep expectations high I think it's how doctors I think it's how everyone does better if the expectation remains high Okay. You guys can't see this, but Kaylee has such a determined face right now. She does. And, uh, and, she, and I respect that she's writing everything down. Okay, and go. No, I just want to say that what you did there, Daisy, was you catastrophized everything and made it like the biggest possible thing it could be. And expectations are very different to agreements. Now, agreements are really reasonable and they're what humans can fulfill. But expectations, you can never live up to them. And scientific research has shown the more you hire your expectations, no matter what happens when you get there, you'll hire it even more. Therefore, you'll never be happy and you'll probably have some... Yeah, like unhappiness because of that not ever being able to fulfill the expectations, which is why a lot of people do get unhappy. I, I'm being very vague. Time. saying happy. But anyway. Time. I sort of said what I wanted to say. Excellent, ladies. I think both of those were argued and rebutted really well. However, I'm going to give this one to Kaylee 
Yes! Because it was actually pretty close there. But the reason I'm going to give this one to Kaylee is because I think she is is correct. I think we need to not have so many so much high expectations of ourselves right now, especially during this time. And when you put just too much on you, you're just you stress yourself out. I say that from experience. Yeah. So point one goes to Kaylee. Oh, it feels so nice. Should I do a happy speech? No, not no, yet. Not no, yet. not yet. You don't. I don't mind if I lose now I've got one point that's fine <laughs> well you you may lose so I'm gonna let Daisy go first because Kaylee went first last time right you know I went I'm sorry yeah Daisy went so Kaylee you are going to go first for your second top tip okay I've so. lowered my expectations already so don't worry <laughs> very good thanks for taking my tip thanks for taking my tip Go. Okay, so my second tip is embrace the opportunity to develop and hone your interests. Basically, be the next Serena Williams or Jennifer Love Hewitt because both of them were homeschooled because their parents wanted them to focus on what their interests were, tennis and acting. They learned what they wanted to learn. They looked at what their children were interested in. And then basically they were able to excel in that field and become the best of what they could do in there. But normally they probably wouldn't have if they're at school because they would have had to focus on lots of other things. There's an educational psychologist called Anna Homayun, and she says that now is a good time for kids to pursue their interests while in quarantine, stuff they never had the time to focus on before. And I thought about myself when I was little, I loved space and I wanted to be an astronaut, but only got to learn about it once a week for six weeks and then it was gone. Moved on to ancient Greece, ancient Egypt and lots of other topics, which are good, but I really loved space. And there's so much in that field that I could have like looked into if I was in the quarantine when I was little. If your little one is interested in space, there's so many resources online now to encourage that side of the education. And if they are interested in it, then it's a really win-win situation. So you can go to space. There's like programs online where they emulate your whole travel. They teach you all about it. Physics is involved, mathematics is involved, science, reading is English. So really you get all the topics, but it's all honed into what your interest is, which is something that you can't get from primary education. If you can get your kids interested in your interests, then that's a really win-win situation. So if taxes is your thing, you can teach your kids about taxes. I wish my mum had taught me about taxes every <laughs> year. When I'm doing my self-return, it would have been a little hot bit of advice. My friend Kelly has a poll in her house in Torquay. So she's been teaching her little one to pole dance, which really gives her a head start in core activation, which is very important. I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't have any core activation. And even now I try and do a press up and well, I, I just break my nose. So I like to say, imagine school as a prison and the institutionalization of education means we're told what we should know. And now without school, we kind of liberated. Let's face it, that what we learned at school was it that important? Because why are all the parents who went to school not able to teach their kids what they already have learned? And this meme really sums it up perfectly. Don't question your ability to teach your child. Question putting your child into the same institution that left you questioning your ability to teach your child, which I think is wonderful Ooh. because um, they should all, yeah, they should already have all the knowledge because they went to school. But that just proves how kind of useless being at school is. 
Okay, okay. If you choose to rebuttal Daisy's rebuttal, you have a minute 54 left in your time. So there you go. Okay, Daisy, you have three minutes on the clock now for your rebuttal. Well, I wouldn't recommend people hone their interests. I just think that's putting too high an expectation on them. And I think if you put (laughs) too high expectations on yourself, it can lead to disappointment. It's a lot of pressure. I actually heard from a really interesting child psychologist called Anna Gonion, who said that children shouldn't pursue interests because some children, you know, at one point, Ted Bundy was a child and actually one of their interests (laughs) is murder. You know, they begin killing insects and then it's pets and then people. So, you know, way to to root for murderers, Kaylee. Um, I think it's important children are distracted and have other things to do. Also, Kaylee, just as a general note in life, I don't think we should be encouraging children to pole dance because, yes, it gives you a head start in core activation, but also in being a stripper. I mean, we may as well teach them to just roll a joint and then give them a head start in being a drug addict. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think children should have healthy distractions. I think they can read, they could color, but I don't think, I just think it's too high an expectation that they have to pursue interests. That's my main, main rebuttal. Okay, great. Yeah, I've got a rebuttal to the rebuttal. Now. Okay, so I think, again, what Daisy's doing, and she's really playing it to her advantage, is the catastrophization of whatever I say. She really goes up the mountain and goes there, like bringing Ted Bundy into it. Well done. But what I would like to say is that I think the stigma of pole dancing is a very sad story. Um, I haven't really got time to go into it, but just because you're a pole dancer doesn't mean you're a stripper. And also, is being a stripper that bad? Like, is is a kid not you know, allowed to be a stripper? I don't know. Ask your mum. <laughs> your mum, she, has she got time to do a your mum joke? She doesn't actually. But I think that it just proves that Daisy's really clutching there for rebuttaling because my argument is very strong. And so you are bringing in these catastrophizations, which actually don't even make sense in accordance to my argument, because I think that I'm not saying pursuing your interest is hiring the expectation. Your interest is your interest. You get into flow when you do that and you earn yourself extra time when you are doing something you enjoy and your kids are doing something they enjoy. Bye. Great. Okay. Daisy, five minutes on the clock. What is your second top tip? So my second top tip for surviving homeschooling is to firstly comfort yourself with homeschool fails but also to remind yourself that a lot of what we learn in school is obsolete not remembered and not that important in your adult life so basically when you're teaching your child at home to remember however you teach them whether it's good whether it's bad you're going to get so stressed out about it they'll probably forget and it probably won't be relevant so I found there was a lady called Candice Hunter Kennedy and it was in one of those homeschooling fails on Twitter and it was a very funny thing she found in her child's exercise book and I'll read it out to you it says it's not going good my mum's getting stressed out my mum is getting really confused we took a break so my mum can figure this stuff out and I'm telling you it is not going good and I just (laughs) thought 
that poor mum who is, you know, that's her eight-year-old uh, called Ben who's sort of calling her out there. And I think she's trying to teach him things, but I just don't think what you learn at school can ever really teach you in the kind of school of life. So things like someone put up, and I thought they made an interesting point. He put, although this is a bit disgusting, when do you eventually just play porn and call it sex ed? <laughs> now, I truly hope he doesn't really have children. But I think sex education is the ultimate in terms of not because we're British and because we're, you know, humans, we don't like talking about sex. So I think we leave children woefully unprepared. And actually, when it comes to porn, it must be really confusing for children because what you're taught at school because obviously sex and consent and everything can be actually quite complicated but what you're taught at school or what I was taught was basically here is a banana here is a condom this is how you put a condom on a banana that was it there was no further detail in sex ed there was no real discussion of sex and then the minute you turn on porn it's gonna be like oh why do men like fat women to sit on them and why are there so many Chinese businessmen <laughs> in sex you know <laughs> that you've not met before so yeah I think would my would just be to reassure yourself the real world is frightening school doesn't prepare kids for that anyway so whatever you're teaching them is probably more than what they knew before and yeah, that that would be my my second top tip is just to accept, just pure acceptance that they're not going to learn that much anyway. Okay, and you have a minute 56 left if you want to rebuttal the rebuttal. Okay, Kaylee, you have three minutes. I think it's really interesting that you brought up the sex education thing, Daisy. I didn't actually think of that. And I think this is a really great opportunity for parents to sit down with their kids and really tell them about the birds and the bees so instead of just accepting that they weren't learning much anyway I think there was this I think it's kind of a bit worrying but there was sex education is very heteronormative in schools and there was a campaign to make it you know inclusive of every gender's sexual orientation and then there was a school in Birmingham the parents went a bit angry and said that it's brainwashing their kids but if you want your kids to have a whole view of what sexuality is then now is the time sit down with them you don't have to watch porn definitely not I don't don't think that's a true representation of sex anyway because these people are strangers fucking but I think that sitting down with them and maybe having a chat with them about sex this is the perfect opportunity right now that of age obviously not two or three year old but yeah I think I think go for it to the parents and get into the school of life like what are these big topics like love my mom never did that when my mom and dad got divorced it was the hardest thing and never even understood and I went to a catholic church and they just didn't they didn't even acknowledge it and I just didn't understand did they not love each anymore I just think there's a whole school of life which you can reach out to now we're in quarantine and really educate kids on the real life emotional things okay Daisy do you want to rebuttal that rebuttal um yeah so it was very wishy-washy, so it's hard to pick where to rebuttal, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> uh, so the thing about the school in, in Birmingham that was um, interesting was they were actually Muslim parents who were protesting the teaching of, of same that there are same-sex relationships that I was really not for because I think it's one minority trying to oppress another minority. I think the LGBT community should be just as valued and have just as much of a voice and there would be children at that school who had 
same-sex parents so on a serious note i thought they were very wrong to do that um to try and stop that but they they weren't successful anyway and but i think teaching children about porn i'm not saying teach them show them porn but i think teaching them things like the fact that how that is made and as far as so when people look at it knowing things like morally it's much better to pay for porn because then the artist in it might actually get the money because that's actually a real problem in porn industries that because everyone puts it up on sites no one gets paid properly there is for parents this is sort of part of my top tip but I thought it was too silly to have as a whole top tip so I'll just kind of you know crowbar it in here what I would recommend to mums is with those celebrities who are doing lessons, find your favorite one and then watch a lot of their lessons because it makes you look like you're doing a stellar job, you're being a great parent, but also <laughs> you're getting a lot out of it yourself. So for me, I don't know if you guys know who Danny Dyer is, mm-hmm. but he is my secret um, crush and not that secret. I just absolutely would. <laughs> I just think he's a bit of rough that I enjoy and I feel he would be quite dominant in a good way. I've got a lot of fantasies based based around Danny Dyer and he's through BBC Bite Size doing history lessons. Time. That's it, Daisy. But, but no, but to be honest with you, she was just confessing her love for Danny <laughs> Dyer, which is a different segment of the <laughs> show, is, right? That is true. I was just saying a much I hope we get one every week. Daisy confesses her love for somebody yeah. else. Danny Dyer though, <laughs> really I do love, but it was that was all I was saying, really. Okay. So ladies, looking at this, I'm going to give this one. I do like how Kaylee said, you know, uh, you know, an opportunity to hone your interests, although Daisy pointed out child murderers. So there you go. But I'm going to give this one to Daisy, actually, except learning that they're probably not going to learn much anyway, because I think actually it goes back to kind of just be kind to yourself. Don't put too much pressure on everything. But I just, I, I do have to say something here because I never once said, Ted Buddy didn't even have children, yeah? So he couldn't even educate his kids. No, I was saying in- he was a child. But, but like, what I, I just don't want people to come away from this podcast going, yeah, she's bad. Like, she was telling people to hone their interests and now there's loads of paedophiles. Like, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't think you should make all your arguments just encouraging paedophiles and murderers. You know, that's no way to win a show. Maybe <laughs> a bit of fun, Kaylee, okay? <laughs> I, I, think, I, think, I think that it's solid to say that Kaylee is not encouraging child murderers or pedophiles. Needless to say, I'm going to give this one to Daisy. So that is now a tied game, ladies. You had to do that for the tie. Otherwise, we may as well have just finished there. So, um... yeah. Well, once again, I'm the judge. So we'll see. Just remember that. Don't want to negative point anyone. What would you negative point someone just for speaking their mind? She definitely would, yeah. I'm the judge. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't. I would. I really Well, would. I never got, I, I don't know. I always put my number three as something wacky. So, um, yeah. My number three is the one I'm most passionate about. Oh. Uh, let's get this started then. Kaylee, you're going to go first. Let me put five minutes on. Kaylee went first last Yes, time. it's Daisy to go first. Oh, shit. Sorry, it is Daisy to go first. Sorry, ladies. I even wrote that down. I'm even writing. I am writing this down. I think it's just because the power's going to your head, so you're forgetting. 
I am. I am. Okay. So Daisy, when you are ready, go. Okay. So my how to final how to survive homeschool would be that I would actually ban homeschooling, not within quarantine because there's no option, but I think that general day-to-day homeschooling is wrong. Now, if you have exceptional cases such as yourself, Molly, where your teacher your parent happened to be a teacher that is probably okay and you have multiple siblings so you've got company I guess in some cases it can probably be okay but the reason that I would say I don't agree with homeschooling is that I think the UK there is already a massive amount of inequality in education I think that there are some children who get very very privileged educations and it makes it a lot easier for them to go on to more successful jobs but I think that education is the number one thing that will eventually close the poverty divide and I think it's grossly unfair that you can be at such a head start or on such a backward step from birth just depending on where you go because in the UK you have fee paying schools but you also beyond that within the actual state system there's a real inequality in standards of teaching and you've got like faith schools that have more money people get really upset and really focused on where their house is going to be so they could be near to a good school and I don't like that as a concept for me I think that education should be as standardized as possible I really like at the moment that there's loads of really good resources coming out for all children, but I don't know where they were before. Now, homeschooling sometimes is something that people have because of their mental health or their risk of exclusion. And I think in those cases, maybe it's okay. But in the most recent stats we have are from 2016 to 2017, where there were 48,000 children in the UK being homeschooled. Now, given that I've already said I don't think that schooling itself is very equal. I think having homeschooling where you're not monitored and also how much teachers have to be, you know, they have Ofsted checks, they have to qualify, they've got to do a degree, then they've got to do PGCE, then they've got to do a qualifying year. We put so much faith in these people being able and capable to teach our children and yet we'll accept that just some random parents, they don't have to follow a syllabus, they don't have to do particular exams, and I think that's very unfair and actually we're putting so much faith that those parents are going to do a good job and I'm sure some of them can but for me I know that from what my family who live in France have told me or, or family friends that live in France then in the French education system whatever school you're in you get the same lessons depending on year group each day. So every, every you know, at nine o'clock on a Monday, everyone's doing maths. We'll all be working on, say, I don't know, long arithmetic or whatever, long division, whatever it is. And I think that is the fairest way to do it. I think you should get the best teachers, the best minds to make the most standardized curriculum that everyone's being taught the same thing. So there's a real standardization of how people are taught. And I don't think there's space within that utopia of education that I, Daisy Earl, will create for the world to have homeschooling where you could just have some woman named Pam. I mean, if anything, those homeschool fails have showed us is that not every parent's good at homeschooling. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure that your mum and dad were great homeschoolers, Molly. They're the exception. <laughs> but I think you shouldn't, you shouldn't consider that when considering my argument. I think that education is the only way to free a lot of young people and that it should be free and it should be uh, standardized to the highest possible standard. 
mic drop. Okay, you have 51 seconds. Should you want to rebuttal the rebuttal? I almost certainly will. I know. Kaylee, whenever you're ready, you have three minutes on the clock starting now. I think that banning homeschool is a very out there request because I think that it takes away autonomy of people because you're really, I know you were giving Molly the compliment of her situation because she's the judge, but like in general, we need to make sure that we are giving people free will and autonomy. And the circumstances right now for homeschooling are very different to the way they are when people choose to homeschool because parents are going to be homeschooling all their children without actually requesting to and be doing their own job at the same time and having to upkeep their own social life. So I think that if a parent chooses to homeschool, then they should be allowed to do that because they choose to do that and they feel like, you know, they have the equipment to do it. And there's reasons why. Look at Serena Williams, who is a world-class tennis player. She was homeschooled because, so she could be good at tennis. Um, and I think it really worked. I think there's evidence that it works. And I think that it won't close the poverty divide. The academies that are now taking over primary and secondary schools, they're very much focused on data. I've worked in one. They just want numbers. They don't really care about the actual child's education. And the only thing you didn't include in your argument, Daisy, was special educational schools. They, How can they be standardized? A child's need is very much different across abilities. And so uh, they, they can't have, and I've also worked in a special educational school where they, they can't have a standardized lesson plan because it's really hard to even get them to sit down and do the register so I think it would be really difficult to ban homeschooling I think it should be allowed I think we should have the autonomy to do that and if the best you were saying about the best teachers that really implies like there'll be this sense of competition to be a teacher and the wage doesn't really reflect reflect that and how can you say that they're not the best teachers now people going out there like everyone's just doing their best right Oh, I think that's her ending it right there. Daisy, if you would like your 51 seconds, I you would. may start now. Well, in the case of special education, as someone who actually set up their own award-winning volunteer project whilst at university for young people in special education, I think that they still need to be taught to the high standard within that arena. Um, that doesn't mean that it can't be adaptable for students. It just means that everyone's getting the same good quality lesson, whether they're in Scotland, Wales, England, it doesn't matter. It's what part of the country you're in. In terms of home education, yes, I'm sure there's some people that could do it well. But let's not forget, I didn't go into this in detail, although it was in my research because it's a comedy podcast and I didn't think it'd be appropriate. But Kaylee, there is actually a great deal of child cruelty cases are by children by parents whose children are homeschooled so much so that after Northamptonshire parents were jailed for neglect and abuse of their homeschool educated son earlier this year um, they're reviewing child protection laws for homeschool because of how often that happens there have been and that's your time oh, I feel the tension yeah I'm sorry I, I, I if it's like you know it is a comedy podcast but it's also like you know Serious. I love. Oh, I yeah, just totally, but it I, was comedy, but I don't know why Kaylee keeps doing things like applauding for child abuse. That's where I'm just uh, like, come on, Kaylee, Cassidy, just you no. Gotta... I, I would like to. I just like to add in that like, there's always going to be anomalies. Is that a word? Anomalies. 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 Yeah. You know, there's exceptions there's gonna be to the rule. Exceptions. You know, you can't. I can't like 
consider everything when I am doing my argument. I don't make you out to be applauding for all the murderers, rapists, and child. You it know, is disgusting. Kids. I'm mortified. <laughs> I'm mortified. I'm on the other side of it. Okay, okay. Kaylee still has her argument to do. Kaylee, five minutes are on the clock whenever you are ready. So this is a homeschooling tip for adults. And it's homeschool your inner child. Let your inner child play. Allow yourself to learn and make up wacky rewards for yourself or for children if you are homeschooling your inner child and your children at the same time. For example, making pancakes awards. Yeah. You know, like in brownie, like I went to brownies and we had badges for everything and it was like really, really exciting and loved it. Just maybe incorporate that, making pancakes awards, minding your own business awards, shutting the fuck up awards. You might want to give that to a partner who makes phone calls too loud in the house. My inner child likes to scribble, so I've started scribbling and um, the walls are covered in scribbles. No, I'm only joking, but I've given myself an award, National Scribber of the Lockdown Award. Just little things, you know, to get you by solo isolation. When I was researching the inner child, a quote came up and it's by Buddha. Imagine that every person in the world is enlightened but you. They are all your teachers, each doing just the right things to help you. And now I'd just like to share a story with you about when I was a TA. I worked in a school and I was the sort of TA that due to sickness and budget cuts at the school often had to actually teach. And I have five learning difficulties, one of which is dyscalculia, which is a really hard thing to say. Basically, a difficulty with numbers and math. So often getting the time wrong, turning up late at things, it's to do with numbers. I, anyway, I find myself one day without any training teaching a year three class math and I was shitting my pants. My colleague was like, it's just times table, you'll be fine. So I'm in front of the class and I'm like to the class, like what's five times zero? And the class are like, zero and I'm like no it's not it's five and they were all like no Miss Kaylee it's definitely zero and I was like absolutely not it is totally five and they were like no so then we got into this dispute and then I was like okay what do I do because obviously they learn from the teacher yeah. like, why do I think it's but surely it's got if you've got five you've got to have five so then I said let's get a calculator out shall we get that, get that calculator out so we got the calculator out, I typed it in and I said, look, but unfortunately five times zero is zero. So I hold it up and they're like, see? And I was like, exactly children, well done. You all now win the award for challenging the teacher. Um, <laughs> congratulations, because you really got to pull it back. You know, I, could, I had to um, maintain the power, but I went away to my desk. I set them with their task and I was sat there and I was thinking like, I really couldn't understand why it was zero. And then this little girl came up to me and she's such a sweet little girl. And she was like, miss, if you turn it around and you go zero times five, you can understand why it's a zero because you are actually starting with zero. You're not actually starting with five. And I just thought, thank you so much. Because she'd obviously like was a clever girl, read that my body language was like quite stressed with this information. And she taught me how to do my naught times table. I was 30 years of age. And I just think that the quote from Buddha is really good to illuminate that. Like teachers are everywhere and we're always learning. And so homeschooling our inner child will be good for us and nurture our mental health in this current lockdown, unprecedented situation. Amazing. Okay, so should you choose, you have a minute 20 left to rebuttal your rebuttal. Whenever you're ready, Daisy. 
begin. Okay, yeah, so teachers are everywhere, but your teacher may be the kind of person that can't understand basic maths, such as five times zero is zero. What I feel sorry for is the little girl who had to explain to a woman in her 30s basic maths while she should have been being educated. And I think this has only gone to further evidence why we need more standardization in teaching, as I say. Because what we need is to make sure that these teachers are not just coming in with a hippy-dippy way making things up going oh well maybe it's this and that oh you're wrong and then the child having to be burdened with having to educate the educate the teacher and having to be all gentle about it so the teacher doesn't feel silly and putting in a way that they understand because actually the teacher should be teaching the child properly so I think yes definitely that's a point for standardizing education and I think that looking after in a child is a lovely idea but also it's the the clever thing about it is that it's just wishy-washy enough that it's hard to get anything concrete to argue with but i think that you know it's uh it's certainly a flimsy concept okay kaylee i'm going to give you your minute 20 and whenever you are ready go i just want to say that it's a really strong decision to say that my my argument was too wishy-washy to have a rebuttal to but well done daisy at least you tried um, I want to just remind you that in that situation that I was telling you, I'm not the teacher, I'm the teaching assistant. I'm not paid the teacher's salary, I'm paid way less. But I'm just standing up to the situation because I need to. Like many people are doing now in this current lockdown situation, you do what you've got to do, even if you're not qualified for it. That child, I wouldn't say was a burden to do that. She probably realised that Miss Kaylee's a teaching assistant. She's teaching this whole class maths. Lesser. Also, my abilities are not the same as other people's abilities, especially in maths. So it was very scary to teach maths. And so that little girl, I think really emotional intelligence is so important. And I really remember from that day on, we really worked on her, what her strengths were. And they were always emotional ability because she saw in that situation what I, what I was going through and she was able to sort it out. I think that's a, a reward on, what's it? What, what, what am I trying to say? Does anyone know? No. I don't know. This is a, a rewardable situation. Amazing. That is time. I love, I love that alarm. Thank you. Okay. So this one was actually a really tough one to judge because... Yeah, what? because I liked that Daisy brought in her argument for her rebuttal to, to Kaylee. So I thought that was good. But that was I'm, good. Gonna, I'm going to give this one to Kaylee <gasps> because I agree with her rebuttal. Uh, I, I do see what Daisy was saying, but I agree with Kaylee's rebuttal about autonomy. And more importantly, I do think we should be rewarding our inner child, especially right now as we go through this COVID. <laughs> so that means that Kaylee wins two to one. So Kaylee is a survivalist wow. of the week. Such a good feeling. It's going to be so hard to write up her tips though because of all the wish wash. How are you going to make them a concrete thing plant some flowers do some chants <laughs> difficult to get a hold on okay well that is this week you have that a dream is... catcher to hand then you'll be fine <laughs> quote kaylee Cassidy. i've got i've got a video coming out next week on how to make a dream catcher so don't worry i'll send it to you Dave. shock shock do you really of course no, okay so that is this week's uh, how to survive your life. 
just a few notes just from the judge. I think overall, what I heard from this week and various different arguments is just to be kind to yourself, especially if you're homeschooling your children because you didn't sign up to be a teacher but suddenly you are one. And I'll, I'll say this from experience. If if one day you're able to teach your kid five hours, great. But if another day you're able to teach your kid two hours, but they still get a good quality lesson, that's great too. So just be kind to yourself. We're in abnormal times. And the best thing is a quality education wherever you find it. So that's my... Lovely. Very nice, Molly. Thanks. I just came up with that actually. Beautiful. Uh, I surprised myself. Okay. So next week we return and we, we return with a Thai championship, but Kaylee will be coming back as the returning champion. So with that, Kaylee, where can people see she's, she's holding, you can't see this. You can't see this podcast audience, but she's holding up a sign that says something. And it's a crown. I made a crown. I'm wearing it. What I was about to say is I can't see what it is because it's on video and her video is kind of shite, but, um, but now I see. (laughs) I love hearing you say the word shite though. Yeah. (laughs) I enjoyed that too. I love that word. Did, oh, you know my other favorite word? Uh, I'm totally off subject. This British word is cheeky. I love that word so much. Yeah, I do love that. And it's in the dictionary now of Nando's, isn't it? Cheeky little Nando's. Oh, I love it. Anyway, okay. So, Kaylee, if people wanted to find you online, where would they do that? So, on Instagram, it's at Magpie Cassidy. And on Twitter, I still can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> You have to create a Twitter handle or change a Twitter handle. Because I can't, I, I still can't remember. Okay, maybe one day we'll find out where you can find out, find Kaylee on Twitter. Daisy, if I were to stalk you online, how would I do that? At Daisy Earl Comedy. Amazing. And I'm your host, Molly Merwin. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Molly Merwin. Thank you so much. We will talk to you again next week. Have an amazing week and be kind to yourself. Yay, goodbye. Thank you to Jazar for our theme music.